Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Back and better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Oh, we got a morning filled with breaking news. We also have issues with the summer of love. We have a curious reliever request. We got fields of dreams and dreams of fields and something very strange happening with a horse. All that and more. Let's do this. Here we go. Only one place to start. All right. Well, uh, normally it was only one place to start. Today, I'm going to say there are actually two places that we could start. And I can't make up my mind which we should, because while I was on television doing Get Up for you folks, uh, over the last two hours, we had not one but two very interesting stories break in the world of sports. So one of them is from the world of basketball. The other is from the world of football. And I'm going to give my buddy Bubba, our disheveled board operator, and and a man who just has a, a keen insight into things. In fact, many of you may not know that before his career in radio production, uh, Bubba actually did all sorts of audience research and, and was actually on the cutting edge of developing a lot of processes for doing audience research. Do you think people are more interested, Bubba, in my leading the show today with reaction to the Joel Embiid story or the Tim Tebow story? Oh, probably our man Tim Tebow. Okay, let's go with Tim Tebow. In just the last Mets few- legend. Uh, Mets legend. <laughs> Mets, that I'm sure is the way he will be remembered. <laughs> Tim Tebow, his athletic career, he'll be remembered as Mets legend, comma, Heisman Trophy winner, <laughs> two-time national champion, uh, and, and American icon. Uh, let's make this Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. In just the last half hour, Tim Tebow has been released by the Jacksonville Jaguars, putting a very quick end to his uh, attempt to come back all these years later as a football player. And there's not a whole lot to be said about this from a football perspective. It is is far from a surprise. I think most people's perspective was that if he had made this team, it would only have been because of his relationship with the coach with Urban Meyer, which dates back to their days together at Florida and all the rest of that. I don't have anything to say about the football side of this. But I do have a lot to say about the Tim Tebow side of this. So what's going to happen is people are going to line up and they're going to – I don't even want to look at the reaction – to the tweets of this. Tim himself tweeted some thoughts, Shefty with the news, all of that. And it is going to be one negative reaction after another. It's going to be one, I told you, you stink, you failed, all of that. That's why it was so important for me to come back and do the radio show again. Because I will now get a chance to say something I didn't get a chance. I wouldn't have gotten as long a chance to say hosting a fast-moving television show. And that is that Tim Tebow is anything but a failure. I'm not telling you you should root for him. I don't care if you root for him or not. I'm not telling you you should like him. I happen to like him. But if you don't want to like Tim Tebow or you don't like him for whatever your reasons, I'm not his publicist. I don't care about that one way or the other. But here's what I will say. That the idea that trying something that would describe, you would describe as a dream of yours and finding out once and for all whether you could do it or not figuring out that, you know what, I can't. All these years, for whatever reason, I can't do this. And so it is time for this team and I to go our separate ways. If you describe that as a failure, then in my opinion, you have a you completely the, a misconception about what life is. In life, it is practically impossible to get everything right until you have gotten it at least a little bit wrong. And one of the really dangerous and damaging things I see in our culture today, I see in young people, who are terrified to make a mistake, who have been convinced, probably by my generation, which has done enormous damage to this country in a million different ways, but that's a separate conversation, 
We have convinced young people that if they make a single mistake, their lives are ruined. They're doomed. I've seen this in students. Both of my kids recently went through high school. My my second of my two kids just graduated from high school. They're so afraid to take a risk. Nothing great has ever been accomplished without risk. And that means falling short, attached to whatever word you want to it. If you want to call it a failure, that's fine. But we should redefine the way we view failure. We cannot be so afraid of failure that it paralyzes us. So if you want to sit back and take shots at Tim Tebow, you should just know that under no circumstances does he regret the things that he has tried. He wanted to be an NFL quarterback. He gave it his best shot. Wasn't meant to be. He wasn't good enough. He's not the only one. He wanted to be a baseball player. Gave it a shot. Wasn't meant to be. He waited too long. Wasn't good enough. Now he came back. Decided one more time to try and scratch this itch so it didn't itch him for the rest of his life. If you want to describe this as a failure, then just let it be clear. You and I see life very differently. And maybe the closest thing I can come to a a personal analogy to this would be many years ago, I got an opportunity that I loved to host a game show on the network. I have been a game show fanatic all of my life. I grew up watching and loving game shows. And I got asked, I got, I auditioned and got the job to host a game show called Duel on ABC. It wasn't an enormous success. It got picked up for a second season. It was not an enormous success. And I remember seeing all of this negativity, people taking shots at me because that's the way the world is. Oh, Greeny, you failed. Greeny, the show didn't work. It wasn't a big success. You failed. And all I can tell you is I have never for one second regretted that experience. Not for one second. Of course, I would love for it to have been the greatest success in the history of mankind and to have continued doing it. That wasn't meant to be. But that doesn't mean it was a mistake to try. It doesn't mean that I have any regret whatsoever about doing it. And so if there are any young people listening to this, I really hope every now and again, look, we sit up here, we make our jokes all the time. I'm about to tell a story about a horse who got who got stolen. And all kind, we just want to make you laugh most of the time because in the world in which we live today, I think there's nothing more important that we can do than take our minds off what's going on with a laugh every now and again. And that is our primary function here. But every once in a while, there is a message that I really feel is important to deliver. And today, that's my message. Don't be so afraid to fail that it keeps you from trying things you really want to try. The world is not nearly as cruel as Twitter would make you think it is. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Okay, so that is the football story of the day. The basketball breaking news that we have, as two breaking news, is actually much more of the traditional sports variety, and that is that Joel Embiid and the Sixers have worked out a deal on a Supermax. He's now getting paid a trillion dollars to be there for the next little while. And Adrian Wojnarowski on TV with us this morning, Woj, described him as the cornerstone of the Philadelphia 76ers. I turn and see my Philadelphia sports fan friend, Mr. Hembo, here. And I said to Woj, it's interesting because a year ago at this time, we would have described the Sixers as having cornerstones in the plural. So the question is, what does this mean for Ben Simmons? And he said, look, they're looking to get a lot in return. And he made me think about this in a way that I had not. Maybe you've already thought about it this way. But the situation the Sixers are in is a fascinating one. Because usually when you're trading a player the magnitude of Simmons, as imperfect as he is, you're a team that is rebuilding 
You're a team that is not trying to win anything immediately in the way that a lot of teams, you know, when they've traded away, whatever it was, and you're looking to get a bushel of draft picks and all sorts of other things to start your program anew. The Sixers are trying to trade a superstar, if you will, for pieces that will help them win a championship right now. They're in their championship window. You have a perpetually injured piece in Joel Embiid that you are now, he's going to be your man for the next five years. You're trying to win a championship right now. And that complicates this trade to the point that I wonder if they're going to be able to make it happen before the season. Hembo, your thoughts? I'm highly skeptical, too, especially when you consider the asking price for Daryl Morey. But the thing is, as bad as Philly wants Ben Simmons gone, we've seen two examples recently. One go one way, one go the other, where a team lets go of a superstar and it you know, works out or it doesn't. The Raptors got rid of DeMar DeRozan, a franchise icon. They won a championship because they traded for Kawhi Leonard. We saw the Celtics essentially exchange Kyrie Irving for Kemba Walker, and that didn't work out. So whatever the Sixers wind up doing here, it could definitely go one way or the other, but be grateful for what you have. Ben Simmons is a player that probably two dozen teams in the NBA would love to have, and that's the reason why Daryl Morey's asking price is so high. Right, but, but the, the point is you can ask for anything you want in right. life. It doesn't mean someone's going to give it to mm-hmm. you. So the question is, is there a trade? Let me ask Nuno. Let me bring the, let's go around the entire hashtag crew this morning, and don't worry, Devin, I'm coming to you today as well. Mm. But Nuno, let me come to you as my VP of Basketball Insight. Is there a trade out there that will win the 76ers the championship next year for Ben Simmons? There is only one player, I think, and that's probably Damian Lillard. And does Portland do it? Does Portland trade Damian Lillard for Ben Simmons? My only concern would be he's probably not going to be happy in Portland, so... Do they want to deal with a guy who's... Who is go- not? D- D- uh, ben Simmons. Simmons is I not I think be Ben happy. Simmons won't be happy in Portland. He probably wants to get out to L.A. You know, he enjoys that lifestyle. So if that would be my only concern with it. Uh, it, it uh, that's the obvious one. I mean, that's the player, yes. You put Damian Lillard... Uh, the reality is you put Damian Lillard on almost any team in the league and they become a championship contender. You just made... Hembo, you just made the analogy to the Raptors going out and mm. getting Kawhi Leonard. That, that, that's who Damian Lillard is. I think he's that kind of good, and he makes any team a championship contender. I, I just don't see that deal happening. I, I'd be very surprised if it does. A 0% chance. Be- best I can tell, the Sixers' best chance to get that player is to trade Simmons for a bunch of assets and then trade those for a player. But you're not going to trade Simmons for a player of Damian Lillard's caliber, considering where his stock is right now. Yeah, uh, Woj actually said something along those lines. He said something about um, they'll need to bring a third or fourth team into the mix in order to try and make this happen. I guess the, the long and short of it is this Ben Simmons story is going to hover over the sport for a while, and it is going to be a mess. He apparently isn't returning their calls in Philly. And if they haven't traded him, he's going to have to show up for training camp. And that is going to be a very uncomfortable situation. Okay, so none of this was where we expected to start the show today, but I love it when we have the breaking news, and I'm delighted you're along for the ride. My name is Greeny, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Coming up, if a quitter never wins and a winner never quits, why are people suddenly saying one guy got it right by doing exactly that? We have that and a very curious story about a horse on the way. Don't. Miss it. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. When you tweet all that stuff out, guess what? We got it. My favorite tweet of the day. All right, so I saw something that just made me laugh. I, I just invite everyone to open up a microphone for this. I just want to hear your reaction. Hembo, open your mic. Bubba, Nuno, everybody open your microphone. Because this story was sent to me, and it is from South Carolina. A man in South Carolina is facing charges after authorities say he stole a full-grown horse and allegedly tried to hide it in his bedroom. Now, I'm fascinated by this because this is, I mean, uh, something that is about as far away from my life experience as you could possibly be. This took place in a town called Mountain Rest, South Carolina. And on Country Lane, according to the incident report, there were reports the suspect had been seen riding down the road on a horse and eventually taking it into a home. So I decided I was going to read this story because I'm fascinated by it. So deputies, I'm just going to read you this sentence. This is, I swear on my life that this is a sentence in this news story. Upon entering the home, deputies stated in the report that they found signs that the horse may be nearby. Signs. Quote, the responding deputy, I immediately observed there were horse feces in the living room. (laughs) That was the sign? That's the sign. (laughs) Now, I'm not a great, you know... I'm, I'm not Olivia Benson over here, right? I'm not Carisi or any of the characters on that SVU show I like so much. But even I can tell you <laughs> that if I think we're looking for a horse and I walk into a house and I immediately, uh, quote, I immediately observe there are horse feces in the living room, then I, I think we've got ourselves a clue. Bubba, <laughs> you have a, a lengthy career prior to this in law enforcement and, and, and as, I believe, a detective. What do, you, what do you think of the detective work on this story in no, Mountain Rest, South Carolina? Pretty good. Sometimes you got to put two and two together. I also, <laughs> I also like the first thing you said there, that it was on Country Lane. Country Lane. I think that really just sets the tone. Me too. The deputy then demanded, I'm just going to read you this, <laughs> the deputy demanded the alleged horse thief exit the bedroom. <laughs> 
Initially, authorities said he complied, but then retreated when the deputy tried to take him into custody. It was at this time, the deputy wrote, that I observed a full-size quarter horse standing in the middle of the bedroom. (laughs) The deputy stated he read the man his Miranda rights, but the only thing that made sense concerning the incident was that the horse's name was Jubilee. So one way or another, we have a man tries to steal a horse, hide it in his house, and he gets found out because they found horse feces in the living room. Now, this strikes me as not exactly a master criminal, right? Like, if I were ever going to commit a crime, I think that this would not be the way to go about it. And again, I don't I've never committed a crime, and I don't anticipate I ever will. But did everyone find that story? Nuno, do you find that story as funny as I do? I do. I just want to know what went through this guy's head. Like, were you going to turn around and sell it? Were you just going to let it live in the house? Like, I, I don't know. Like... I mean, I've done some dumb things, you know. What's the dumbest uh, thing you've ever done, Nuno? Uh, I mean, I got to think about it because uh, I got to see statute of limitations and all that other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, this fella faces um, uh, horse theft and an additional charge of stealing livestock. Um, and so that's the crime. What's that the fine? He has what's, what's, what is the fine? Uh, it says here that uh, it doesn't say what the fine could potentially be. Um, or anything more than that. The animal was valued at about $6,500. I don't want to get any... The point of the story is, they found horse feces in the living room, and that was how they put two and two together and figured out this guy was the criminal. I myself liked it. All right, let's move on. Uh, Greeny with you here. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, no contract. It's all on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. I'm ready to go right now. Green Light, green light. with Greeny. Give me the green light. All right, so I have a couple of different items in my own little green light. I'm giving myself the green light today. The first is, we talked yesterday about how much we loved the Field of Dreams game, Yankees-White Sox last Thursday. I wasn't here Friday to comment on it, so I told you yesterday I loved it. Well, the good news is there's going to be a Field of Dreams game, duh. The Reds and the Cubs are set to play in next year's Field of Dreams game in Iowa. I, I guess my question is, um, Hembo, you who love this and love baseball, are we happy with this? It, it did feel like a natural that you would do this once a year, kind of the way hockey does the Winter Classic. Yes, it does. They, they built the field. They might as well get use out of it. The only thing I did not like, Greeny, was I get why they're putting a Chicago team in it, but the Cubs are about to go on this like full-on tank mode, and I sort of like the idea of using this game as a way to almost reward teams. Like I think it's such a special thing that seeing the Cubs in it next year, I don't that's the one part that I did not like. Yeah, because they've traded away. I mean, because they've traded away all their good players are going to be terrible next year. That's exactly right. Fair enough. So there's, there's that out there. But then we get to what I think is the most interesting thing that is happening in the sport right now beyond the hits, runs and errors. We touched on it briefly yesterday, but it got more legs. And I, I want to continue with this. Zach Britton is a relief pitcher for the Yankees. And during the absence of Aroldis Chapman, he became their closer. He was struggling mightily in that role. In fact, that game, the Field of Dreams game, he's the one who gave up the home run that lost the game to Tim Anderson. It was the, he had, that was his fourth save opportunity. He converted only one of those four save opportunities. His ERA in those four appearances was 8.1. He then went to manager Aaron Boone and asked him to remove him from his current role as the team's closer 
saying to the media later, quote, I told him I don't deserve to be out there in the ninth inning. Other guys deserve it. Now, for what it's worth, he pitched last night in the sixth, and it's much better. He faced one, well, one batter in the sixth last night and struck him out. Chad Green pitched the ninth and earned the save and a win over the Angels in what was a one-run game, a 2-1 game in which no one scored after the first inning. But, but the point is, forgetting whether he's great at the role or terrible at the role, although that obviously informs the discussion, in a world where we always say you need to tough it out, a shooter shoots his way out of a slump and you have to have the ultimate in self-confidence and all that kind of stuff, and in which we always say a winner never quits and a quitter never wins, what do we think of Zach Britton going to the manager and saying, not put me in, coach, but take me out, coach. Take me out of this role. That I'm not helping the ball club. I found myself so conflicted on whether I loved it or hated it that I brought it up on the show yesterday, and I only got more confused. Because, Hembo, you hated it. I do hate it. It is not the player's responsibility to tell the manager what he should or should not do. It's the manager's job. And if you're a relief pitcher and you've decided that you can't pitch the ninth inning, then you just can't be on the team. I mean, first of all, some of the highest leverage moments in a baseball game come before the ninth inning. But it's your job to fix yourself. Fix, fix yourself in the bullpen. Go talk to the team psychologist. Don't go to the manager and say, I'm not good enough, because if I say I'm not good enough, I'm not, I'm not trusting you to pitch at any point. Now, he did, and he pitched well last night. And maybe he went to Aaron Boone knowing that he would eventually pull him from the closer's role anyway just to make it easier on him. But as a former ball player, it just sort of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. I would never have done it myself. Yeah, I, I think this is less about the why he did it. It's more about the bigger picture. I, I want to almost take Zach Britton out of it. But the point is, when a player is slumping, struggling, hurting the team, what is that player's obligation? If you're a fan of that team, do you want that guy going to the manager and saying, listen, I'm killing us. I'm killing us. And I get it. So rather than make your life, rather than put you in the position where you have to take the ball away from me, I'm giving it to you because that's the right thing to do. Stephen A. Smith on his ESPN Plus show, Stephen A.'s World, said he loved what Zach Britton did. I think more athletes should speak up and say something when they don't have it. When they're hurting their team. Zach Britton, I respect you, my brother. I respect you for stepping forward and saying what needed to be said. See, so there's a part of me that agrees with that, Mm. and there's a part of me that agrees with you. And so I thought to myself, well, Stephen A. is a talk show host. You are um, an outstanding producer and former ball player, uh, you know, college ball player. But let's ask someone who's actually lived this experience. And so I'm delighted to bring my buddy Rob Dibble, 97.9 ESPN, and obviously was a colleague of mine at, at the network for many, many years and was a terrific closer in his day with the Cincinnati Reds. Rob Dibble jumps in with me here on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Dibbs. How are you? Well, I'm 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 confused. I, I need your help because I've heard both sides of this. Again, I just set it up. I know you know the story. Zach Britton, who was just killing his team in the closer role, went to Aaron Boone and said, "Take this job away from me. I'm hurting us." And there's a part of me that thinks that is commendable and awesome. And then there's another part of me that says that's something a pro athlete should never do. As one who has lived the experience of having that ball and that pressure in the ninth inning. What did you think of it? Well, you know, first of it, it's a little bit self-centered. Um, you're, you're being paid to do a job. And if the job is in the fifth inning or the ninth inning, just do the job. And he's making an awful lot of money. So that, I start there because of the next thing. Then you get your role defined by your manager. 
and the pitching coach. And so they're like, listen, Rawlis Chapman's down. We need you to take the ninth inning. Because then you set your, your defined roles back from the ninth inning to the eighth inning to the seventh inning if you follow. So, you know, by him saying, I don't want to do the ninth inning, now Chad Green has to do the ninth inning. So now Chad Green, who used to own the sixth, seventh, and eighth inning, he has to cover that role, and everybody gets pushed up a role. And now Zach Britton, who came in, I think, about the sixth inning last night, you know, that, that just puts more pressure on the bullpen. So, you know, listen – if he was making the minimum of, of a half a million, I'd be fine with that decision. But when you're making like 15 million per, you you gotta you gotta take some of that responsibility, some of the accountability, and do the job. And so for me, it's a little bit self-centered to say, hey, I'm not getting the job done right now. I'd like a lesser role, maybe in the sixth or seventh inning. So no, I'm not good with that. That's a, that's a, a, another way of looking at it that's really interesting, and this is why I love having Dibs jump in on the program here. So, uh, Dibs, what if that had happened in your day, and, and you were part of this great bullpen with the nasty boys and all that kind of stuff? I mean, you you had like a real camaraderie and a group there. If one of you guys was struggling like crazy, any one of you, which I'm sure happened over the course of time. Like, how did that get handled? What conversations would take place? What, if any, consideration are you aware anyone ever gave to saying, you know what, I'm not helping the team right now. Someone else should be in this role. It absolutely happened. The year after we won the World Series, Randy Myers was struggling a little bit. Norm and I were still throwing great. And then a couple of our starters got injured. So you know what Randy did? You know, in an unselfish manner, he said, listen, Skip, I got the strongest arm in the bullpen, but I'm not getting the last three outs put me in as a starter. Randy made 16 starts in 1991. Mm. So that that's a different story. That's listen, I'll take on more of an you know I'll put more on my plate instead of less. So Randy went into the starting rotation, Norm and I were able to handle the last 6 outs, last 9 outs of most games and we and, and that was back when you had five guys in the bullpen. You've got eight guys in the bullpen now, Greeny. So you got you got so many great arms but most of those guys don't have that closer mentality. They don't, they don't have that, hey, I've got to get the 27th out, the buck stops with me. So, yeah, I love Zach Britton, but the reason that you were added to the, to the Yankees team and the reason why the Red Sox have been struggling and the Mets have been struggling is they don't have those great arms at the end of the season. You need extra closers. So, you know, Matt Barnes has been struggling right now with the Red Sox. That's because all of the stuff you did to him in the first four months he could use a little bit more help, and a lot of it's mental. Over 90% of pitching is mental. So it's more, listen, if this guy's saying, I don't have the confidence right now to do that, that kind of scares me. This isn't even the post postseason. Yes, these are meaningful games, but the Yankees are five and a half games out now. They're a couple of games behind the Red Sox. You need Zach Britton mentally to step up. That's why you kept him on this roster. Dibs with me here, brought to you by Samsung Galaxy. Get ready for the Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G and Z Fold 3 5G. Pre-order now at Samsung.com. Would, would you, I don't like to ask people to guess stuff like this. How, how, what reaction do you think, in, in an honest moment, the other players in that clubhouse would have to something like this? What reaction would you have had if you were a player and one of the other guys on your team had done, had done exactly this? Well, I mean, quietly, you'd be like, Jesus, you know, we can't count on that guy at the end of the game. But with the Yankees being like an all-star roster, you're fine with it. You know, if Heaney doesn't work out in the rotation, which his first couple of starts have been awful, um, you can put him out there in the bullpen, and that pushes everybody up a notch. That kid throws 100 miles an hour. I, honestly, I'd like to see Heaney try to, you know, set up and maybe close out a couple of games here before the postseason because you might not need him. 
once everybody is healthy. So to me, you know, knowing that guy's mentality, that actually helps. So now you're like, okay, everybody else who's been doing the job, we're just going to move you guys up a notch. We'll move Britain back to the sixth inning. So that the only guy that's going to hurt in the end is Britain. Britain just hurt himself. Uh, whether or not he's going to be on the postseason roster, we'll have to see how he pitches in the next six weeks. That's a really interesting thought. Greeny and Rob Dibble. Hey, quickly, before I let you go, what'd you think of the Field of Dreams game? A lot of attention, obviously, a lot of eyeballs. What'd you think of it? I would have died, Greeny, to play in that. That was fantastic. That, that's like every ball player's dream to go back in time, uh, play on a field that, that, you know, wearing those uniforms. Because we played a lot of those uh, retro games, but at Shea Stadium and at the regular stadiums. Mm-hmm. To build a whole stadium, to hold one game, that, that was heaven for those players. Yeah, I, we all loved it here, too. I, I haven't heard too many people that did not. Dibs, this is always so insightful. Thanks a million for jumping in. I know you're busy. We will check you later. Thanks very much for a few minutes. All right, Mike. Take care. Yeah, great to talk to you. I, I really love his insight into things. And, again, there's such a different mentality. You know, being the closer on a baseball team, I'm trying to think what the – I guess it's kind of like being the maybe on some level – like the place kicker on a football team, like you're coming out there at the end of a game to kick a game-winning field goal, and that's it. Like we could talk all we want about all the things that have happened between then and now. And when a baseball game ends, yeah, you can always, well, in the seventh inning we could have, and then we left three runners out. No, no, okay. But here's where we got. And we handed you the ball, Mariano Rivera, with, and we needed three outs, and we could win the World Series. And he got them every damn time. And that... That mentality is, is it's kind of unique in sports. Like in basketball, someone takes the last shot, but it's not as pronounced. It's not, it's, it's like, you know, I guess it's the guys in a golf tournament who uh, on the 72nd hole, you know, make, which they all do these days, just hit unbelievable shots and seem to manage the nerves so well. It's, it's, I thought that was just a really interesting story because the mentality, the psychology, the demand on the athlete is, no, no, you will overcome this. You will not acknowledge that this is bigger than you, that this has beaten you, that you're hurting the team. Let them take the ball out of your hand. They should have to drag you off that field. So I thought it was a very interesting, um, I thought it was a very interesting situation to come up, regardless of the particulars of it. And someone like Dibbs is so knowledgeable that obviously he's giving you the particulars of it. And I'm, I'm really more fascinated overall by the psychology of it. All right, as we roll along here, is there such a thing as giving a player too much input, too much responsibility? Because if so, we may have found a great example of exactly that. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Is there such a thing as giving a player too much input, too much responsibility? We will answer that question in just a moment. And by the way, if you haven't heard already, I'm here to tell you the new Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G is life-changing 
It's ultra compact, but makes a big statement with bold colors and hands-free videos. So get your new Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G today or at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with your carrier. All right. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? So I found this at the top of the Google Doc today. For those of you who don't listen to us regularly, we have a nice show, the hashtag Greenie Show Google Doc. Uh, which in which everyone suggests stories to me. Hembo will put things in the dock. Nuno will put things in the dock. Bubba will put things in the dock. Sometimes I notice Lorenzo, our TV director, puts things in the dock. People will just add stories in there, and I go through them, and I figure out what things I want to talk about on the radio. And so uh, Devin, Devin Kane, um, put in the following. He wrote, Adam Silver says he spoke to LeBron James about the play-in tournament and that he's open to tinkering after a full season. Does this strike anyone else as a bit weird? LeBron is a generational talent, but should the commissioner of the NBA really be asking for his advice on league matters such as this? And then he put dash DK. Now I have two questions. The first, Devin, is why do you feel the need to identify yourself in the Google Doc? The fact that you have placed this into the Google Doc, no one else writes next to their story ideas that they're the ones who put this in the Google Doc. So why is it that you felt a need to point out that you were the one who found this somewhat easily accessible story? It's not like you did a bunch of research and and had some sort of unique and and, and in-depth investigative report. What made you decide that you needed to identify DK as the one who put this story in the Google Doc? Green, I think you might be wrong on this one. I've I've seen Bubba do the exact same thing I did. I thought this was unofficial Google Doc policy. Okay, so so let's just be clear: Are you passing the buck to Bubba, or did you genuinely believe this is how everyone should do it? I genuinely believe that. I thought you know any story that doesn't have initials should be assumed as Nuno's. Everything else is fair game. <laughs> but let me ask you a question: What is it that makes you think it is beneficial to anyone to know? Who put the story in the Google Doc? I mean, we wouldn't have we'd be having this great conversation right now if I didn't, Green. <laughs> well, that's correct. What you have managed to do is once again sidetrack the conversation to a ridiculous place. So from now on, I think we should pass a rule. All stories are created equal in the Google Doc. No, Putting you got to put your name in there. No, I got to defend. I mean, you always put your name in there. That's how you've said it's like this story as Bubba put in there or Devin put in there. And then, as Devin said, if it's there's no name, it's implied it's Nuno. But I've always put any story I've put in there, I put parentheses Bubba in there. And then you know, hey, this story was put in by me. Anything that's not listed, it's going to be from Nuno. And then you know it's from Nuno. So this is we're, – we're creating show policy live as we go, like <laughs> in real policy. time. This is, how it's been, this is how it's been for a year. Well, the show's literally been on the air a year today. <laughs> I never noticed this until today then. I never noticed that other people were putting their initials. I just looked at it and I thought, you know why? Because in the car this morning as I'm reading that, my first thought was, what does DK mean? (laughs) As I see that, as I read the story, I think to myself, don't know, didn't know. Like what, what is someone 
What what initials are these? How is someone shortened a so phrase? So it it, it 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 leads to a broader conversation that Devin and I and his manager have to have have to have after the show. Like, hey, how much are you contributing to the show every day? <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I feel like he's trying to justify his extraordinary position. We could not do this show every single day without Devin. Let's be clear. So Devin has his 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 role on this show is clearly defined and very important to me. One way or another, I'm glad that we got to the bottom of that. I find that interesting. I feel that pointing out for yourself that you were the one who put the story in the Google Doc is kind of like giving yourself a nickname. I feel like that should be like verboten. Like that's it's my job to give you a nickname. It's not your job to give yourself a nickname. I don't just mean me, but in general. So DK's show topic. Let's then get to the second part of this, which is, is he right? Like, is it weird that Adam... Asked LeBron his thoughts about the play-in tournament and said he's open to tinkering after a full season. For example, can you picture Roger saying in a press conference, you know, I was talking to Tom Brady about the two-week break between the playoffs and the Super Bowl, and I'm open to tinkering with it. I can't picture that. That's a conversation that will never take place. So which is the right approach? Bubba, I will ask you, is the right approach gathering too much input from your stars like LeBron James or gathering no input as I think tends to happen in sports generally, which is the right approach? Well, I would imagine the right approach is somewhere in the middle. So I I can't, I didn't give you that as an option. I gave you two options and you chose C when, when, when you only had an A and a B, which is the right approach. If you're only given two, I think the option would be no input. Yeah. See me too. And I'll tell you why Adam is a brilliant guy. And one of the things he's best at is always, he will almost always say to you, look, here's my opinion on something. I see it the other way. I understand your point. And I think that that provides the appearance, I think in his case, the legitimate appearance of open-mindedness, which I think is beneficial. However, I think there is a point that if you solicit input from people on things with, and don't follow up on them, you actually do more damage to yourself than if you had not asked the question in the first place. Like if I say to you, Hembo, what do you want for lunch? And you say, I want pizza. And then I order sushi. We'd have been better off if I just ordered sushi and said sushi is for lunch. <laughs> we'll pick up that thought in just a moment on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.